Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. This week on All About Affordable NFTs, well, guess what? We have time for Vitalik. Actually, I should say ChatGPT Vitalik. So we had a little fun, trained a model on Vitalik and his positions on NFTs, and uh, we're just going to ask it questions and see what comes out. Andrew, how's it going? Going well. Uh, yeah, excited to, you know, we don't have to keep Vitalik waiting this week, I guess. So, you know, we can actually uh, get his get his thoughts on the NFT market and NFTs in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for, I can't wait for the alpha. Um, Serka, I guess this, this data uh, closed in what, 2021? So, yeah, um, he might have a rosier snapshot and he'd be like, all things up good. I'm like, I don't know, Vitalik. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, if you cut your knowledge off, then uh, yeah, you it's like, hey, when's the merge? When's the merge happening? <laughs> oh, and imagine who your heroes in the crypto space may be. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I'm hearing good things about CZ. That, right? No, he never likes CZ. I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think. So. <laughs> he was actually uh, a touch premonition on uh, on a lot of those things. Uh, but you're you're going to NFT NYC. What is that next week? I mean, this week. Whenever you're listening to it. Yeah. Well, this week. Um, yeah, it actually caught me by surprise a bit. I had that, uh, it was off a week in my mental calendar. Um, so that is happening, um, let's see, the second week of April. Uh, I'll be speaking at a, uh, on a, uh, about art and, uh, the, um, how collectors, uh, uh financial interests seem to change over time. Um, or I may have already spoken about this um, at the uh, at the uh, NFT NYC art uh, art um, section of the conference. It's a huge conference, so um, you know, look for me if you are there, but hard to find. Well, there you go. Hit him up at Rantum, and if you want to get his attention, you just drop some extra coins in that old Rantum.eth. But that's uh, you <laughs> hey, know you what? Tell me you got a good me... NFT, and you know, try <laughs> yeah, send me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you something. The Topic is super interesting. I'm actually maybe we can next week we'll see if the interest is there, but do a, a summary piece on your session because um, I won't be able to attend, but I know where to find you. So maybe we'll package that. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get into some of our headlines here? Uh, get some news from OpenSea this week once again as the platform wars continue in the NFT space. We've got OpenSea coming out with their pro platform this is this is a new version of their blur aggregator this is the aggregator that they purchased um it's still active as an aggregator but now it's getting new features they're really aiming um for those the high-end pro traders the ones doing massive volume the, the the traders that blur was really actively pursuing with uh, some of the features that they introduced and uh, you know, OpenSea has realized that, recognized that maybe they don't need to look at bringing in the next 
million or whatever number you know that may be at this point that's that's hard to come by but there are active people in the space and uh, they are uh, i haven't checked out the, the the features in detail here but you know i think this is it's a smart move by OpenSea to look at uh, trying to get some of that volume back from those traders as a parallel, it kind of reminds me how in the early days, the Tesla Roadster just went at the top end of the market because the rest of the market didn't exist for electric cars. The infrastructure, not there. Charging stations, non-existent. And so I think in a moment like this where you have the top 10% doing 90% of the volume, this is uh, this is an interesting thing. I have heard a little bit of FUD about it being like, you know, when in doubt, like add a pro on your software and suddenly you've uh, you've got a strategy. Uh, they they also had a, there's a mint going on. I think it's like 180,000 of these like access um, access tokens. Right. So the the gem.xyz site actually does redirect to pro.opensea.io now. Um, it gives me uh, <laughs> reminds me a bit of, of the pro Coinbase um, platform, um, you know, definitely more in the blur style, less focus on images here. So, you know, they may as well, uh, you know, go with some of the features that are popular on the blur platform and, you know, try to add in the, the features that has, has put OpenSea in the lead for, for most of the, the history of NFT platforms. All right. So there's a new CEO at, Yuga Labs, uh, I think there was already news of this, but he's actually taking over now. This is Daniel Allegre. He was the previous, uh, C or he's previously the CEO at Activision uh, Blizzard, um, a gaming company. Except Blizzard, I think that's how you say it. So this is someone with a you know a whole lot of experience in the gaming industry and can bring a very different perspective with a lot, um, you know, a lot of I mean, much more gaming. Um, uh, perspective to the to NFT space. And I think it is, it's a great opportunity here. You know, we haven't been the biggest uh, fans of Yuga and, you know, have talked about how, you know, they do have some, some challenges ahead. Um, you know, and I still think it is, it's good for the space to start seeing people take it more seriously. Yeah. This, uh, Articles a little does note some of the controversy over at Activision with his past sort of the you know yeah. issues that were filed allegations lawsuits in the California Department of Fair Employment uh, toxic work environment that allegations look great. <laughs> for a um, brand that has some some image issues already I would say <laughs> one question I kind of wonder is is this the public sort of statement of like if we get the leader of a large gaming industry does that equate to really intelligent pivoting toward gaming uh or do you need a good leader and then hire in the staff that does it um you know i i think the way yuga trades on reputation they probably needed both you needed a big freaking name that carried uh, the ability to generate hype of the size of which certainly Activision Blizzard uh, grew with their various assets. Um, on the other hand, this is someone who knows how to build that level uh, of asset built on gaming. And so far, that sewer pass really, frankly, has uh, has minted them money. All right, George, this is something that we've talked about for a bit. We've got NFTs for 
airline tickets. I, we've talked a bit more about how it come to the airline rewards uh, system using NFTs and, and points or, or tokens for points. But this is actually the an Argentinian airline issuing tickets as NFTs. The NFTs are tradable. They'll have a marketplace. I think there's there's a two percent. Uh, fee that goes to the airline, that's a 2% marketplace fee, but otherwise they are exchangeable. Uh, this gives, it gives the airline the advantage of selling that seat, not having to worry about refunds, which is, you know, a, a big part of why they don't, airlines often don't want to change or, or, you know, make it easy to change who is on the seat or, or changing the time or, or you know, date of your flight. Uh, this assures that they do actually sell that ticket and that then it could be exchanged. Of course, they are looking at how they can take some extra revenue in by taking a, a percent of those fees yet to be seen how those are enforced or if there will be, if these will be tradable on, uh, you know, presumably they'll be tradable on other marketplaces where the, you can get around uh, some of the fees. Uh, but very interesting um, that, you know, it's a small airline. I'm not familiar, of course, with this Flybondi, um, but it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a step into NFTs for, for the airline industry. This will be on the Algorand uh, blockchain. This is fascinating. I'm trying to understand how this actually works. And it seems like the NFT, my question is like, once the flight's over, like, is there a secondary market for like used flights? And it looks like the NFT is burned once the person checks in. Uh, so you buy the ticket, you could transfer it to somebody, but you got to still show up, burn it, and then you get your e-ticket um, to board the flight. I'd be actually curious in that moment of burning of like, your ticket turned into like frankly like we get airplane point rewards right and airplane points like exist in this like nether region of somehow not taxed but definitely monetarily valuable at like whatever a penny a mile and what if that was a lingering nft and what if those points which carry value could be aggregated together you could merge them and create like airline nft backed assets and like what that gets you is like discounts on future flights that you could exchange in like you have a whole ecosystem and the upshot here is that it's no longer the way that i think i understand it credit cards running this sort of scheme but rather uh on blockchain ability for them to also be making two percent anytime as someone's moving something around like i this is not the craziest stretch in use of nfts i was just hoping that they had connected that final dot. Like I was like, oh, they burn it. And there's no like, you know, reward system here. That may change, but that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, it does look like that at this point, but you gotta imagine that you still earned the points and someone's going to start thinking about that, that circle, about how it could be connected. Um, very interesting here. I'm definitely gonna keep tabs on, on what happens with that in the airline industry in general. So we've got another soccer game out with plans for NFTs. I find the timing of this a little odd um, as the World Cup was, uh, let's see, what about six months ago? Um, so FIFA has debuted an AI-powered World Cup soccer mobile game with plans for NFTs. This reminded me of a project that, that you had talked about quite <laughs> oh a while gosh. ago, an AI soccer project. Do you recall the name of that one, George? 
Oh, gosh, give me a second. I'm going to go have to. <laughs> don't worry about it. But so I don't know. This is interesting timing. You know, it is a mobile game. I think that, you know, they're really just trying to go after not the hype necessarily of the World Cup. Go with it. soccer fans that may be into the uh, you know, idea of always playing a. Um, Aifa All-Stars. That's what it was. I, yes, Aifa. That's right. Oh, man, that sounds. Now that you say it that way, it seems like maybe some copyright issues there. Um, uh, but anyway, these are so the, the the characters are AI generated. They the, the characters' movements are controlled by AI. Um, they've got different strengths and weaknesses. It's they've got plans for NFTs. They want they don't want to start with them, which I think is a good move. I think we have talked a bit about how, you know, it's really you've got to make, I mean, we have talked for sure about how you've got to make it a great game before, before focusing on the NFTs. So I like that aspect here and, you know, it is actually an official world cup game. So, you know, it is, it's, it's cool to see that they are thinking ahead to NFTs inside the game. I'll just go on record as saying I was tremendously wrong about the whole world cup generating global attention and then that's somehow translating into also attention for uh these these items uh i will just give you some of these prizes the uh the asm aifa the aifa all stars um i don't know they were floating around on eth at some point they're at 0.02 right now eth uh although i will add though that somehow the their most valuable asset the Aifa Genesis actual little AI brains are going for 0.8, which I'm Still impressed. Going like, it's not too, huh? dead. Um, no. Not a whole lot of activity, though. All right. Anyway, uh, we've got a new NFT DEX platform. By DEX, I mean uh, um, decentralized exchange. This is helmed by a Coinbase alum. Um, so as if the, the NFT marketplace uh, platform lands, or the, the platform landscape wasn't crowded enough. We've got another one coming in here. This is, uh, let's see, this is collection.xyz. Um, I am very curious to see how, um, this is also includes people from, from Chainlink. So it's got a, a strong team and they do plan to um, use an automated automated market maker similar to um, PseudoSwap. I'm still I'm skeptical of how how to get how to launch a, a successful platform right now of how it can be done given the wars that are going on between some of the giants out there. I am I still think that it's not a, a done deal with these. The, the platform landscape will look like so i am watching these things closely and this is one that got my attention yeah i mean that's out of my belly i know that dexes in general are going up because of the flight from centralized so there's uh certainly a lot of transaction action going there all right we've got metamask coming out with some new nft capabilities in their wallet uh i think this is a response to to the competition there are there's so many wallets out there, so many coming, many with many more uh, NFT friendly features where you can view the view your NFTs, see the images uh, directly in 
uh, your wallet. Um, you know, so I think this is, I'm glad to see that, that MetaMask is making some improvements and adding some new features. Um, I've definitely been, I've been looking, experimenting more with new wallets recently and realizing, you know, how, how much some of the other wallets are, 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 uh, are pushing to improve uh, the experience. And I'm glad to see that, that MetaMask is responding as well. Yeah. Though I, I'll say in this, uh, tweet post that they have the image that they they're showing uh shows off a couple crypto kitties in it so <laughs> i don't know yeah good point <laughs> that's what the kids are into these days right you nft kids you love your, your your crypto kitties all right so bitcoin nfts ordinals are done apparently or ordinals inscriptions stamps are the new the new protocol that has really taken off here and you know, I still feel like quite a novice in the, the Bitcoin NFT world. So for it to be changing, um, you know, already it really just made me feel like even more of a novice. But the general idea here is that the this new stamps platform is more secure um, than ordinal NFTs. Ordinal NFTs, um, let's see, they individual node runners uh, could as I'm reading this, can prune data from ordinal NFTs, thereby potentially creating different versions of the same NFT at a large enough scale. One entity with enough node runners could theoretically challenge the consensus on what the correct data of any given ordinal inscription can be. So stamps, in contrast, uh, they actually store the image um, rather than so that it cannot be manually changed by the node runners. Uh, the there's a chart here showing the number of stamps versus uh, inscriptions, and it's we're about four and a half or three and a half times as many stamps already, despite or in the number of uh, days, I should say. Um, so these are they've gained a lot of traction. Of course, they are built on top of the idea of of inscriptions, so people are much more. Um, uh, I'd say accustomed to to trading them at this point. Have the wallets have you know are ready to go. Um, but interesting that this is already changing. You know, it's not unlike some some early uh, Ethereum um, NFTs where you saw punks um, weren't actually an ERC seven twenty one. They were very similar, uh, some very similar protocol, but they weren't exactly the same. So it said that they were quickly there was quickly a new protocol established, um, and you know we may see something like that here. Bitcoin NFTs again. This is early so hard to say exactly how it will all play out i've got a, like a dumb question it seems like i mean ordinals came out um january of 2023 are these like the proxies for layer two like bitcoin layer twos are these like layer twos on bitcoin or is that not the right way to think about these Ordinals, like ordinals and I, no, stamps, I wouldn't like, say that they are. No, I wouldn't say that they they aren't really a layer themselves on top. Of no, they're it. just so writing to a block, be, right? Right. Exactly. So something that's I'm trying to what's there's a token that is more of a layer on top of uh, Bitcoin. Oh, the uh, stacks is a layer on top of Bitcoin. It's, so that's yeah. And there's a like a lightning, too. right? Like there's like uh, these like lightning, right? Um, so they have their own. NFTs, but these are directly on the Bitcoin network. I mean, hot take, this sounds like a shit show, 
right? Like we are one quarter into the year and you have now yet another network being created. And then so like, I'm sorry, like I'm sitting here at Yuga, right? And I've just dropped my thing because I had to rush something out. And now there's like a more secure version. So is this going to be the first? Now we're going to have another first ever on the stamps network of a monkey on chain finally. And you think you should ask for a six month pause? Oh, we got, <laughs> of course, Bitcoin Andrew now referring, re- referring to uh, AI development and people being like, maybe we should just stop everything for six months uh, while humans catch up. Uh, yeah, no, Bitcoin should definitely have a, at least give it six months maybe, yeah, before you keep re- releasing these things. I don't know. I, look, if you are out there trying to be on this edge, like, here's the game. That cliff happens quick, and that's a lot faster than I thought it'd be where you have a, already a new network which could hypothetically invalidate all of the other provenance of, you know, being on chain for whatever, um, or not. Be careful what, be careful what you consider historic at this point when it's a couple wow. weeks or months. I could have used that advice like three years ago. <laughs> be careful your definition of history. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bye moon cats. Oh boy. All right. What else we got? Uh, NFT MIC. Oh, we've got Andy Warhol artwork works uh, to be offered as tokenized investments on Ethereum, but not as NFTs, right? I don't understand. Explain. Uh, okay. So they're offering. So this is from Freeport, a soon to be launched blockchain based platform, which, you know, take it for what that's worth. Um, so they're going to be offering tokenized tokenized ownerships of original prints from Andy Warhol. So these, some of these are from this one from 1967, 81. So these are original pieces. Each one will, there'll be 1000 tokens for each one, but they aren't actually NFTs. There's 1000, I, I guess that they are all exactly the same i you know it actually doesn't say here what type of token they will be so i'm going to guess that they would just really be an erc20 um a token maybe there will be i don't see that there's much of a that there's any difference to them i I guess there still could be without but then that would technically be an nft so sort of has to be an ERC-20 to not be an NFT. But the idea is here, it's not, you don't own an image that is part of this image. You just, this shows that you own one one thousandth of that piece. Seems very similar to what Masterworks does that you can just invest, you know, $1,000 or whatever in out of the $10,000 lot. And then you own one tenth of the, the, the art, but the, on its own, it's not, um, there's not a it's not a piece of artwork itself yeah a couple things in here before you go jumping in uh they uh according to the press release partially acquired these so uh i don't know when i when i yeah a fraction i, I, didn't, of a fraction. Parti- I didn't partially acquire my phone i own Good. my phone I, I didn't partially acquire i don't know some ethereum that's in my wallet i i acquired it so i don't know what partially acquired means it is interesting I will say it seems like they're pretty buttoned up because they have a Reg A review with the SEC that seems to make it allowable to have this type of asset pairing. And it seems also that 
they have a minimum of 10 individuals allowing no more than 1,000 individuals to own a piece of each Warhol. So like there's like a distinct limit, I think, because of those regulations. Legal ish, yeah. LLC I mean, legal issues, I think, right? Of course, you may have more than one wallet. <laughs> so I don't know how that we works, probably, but KYC, There may be right? a KYC, but that- Gotta be KYC. But then you've got an issue of secondary sales. And if there isn't a secondary market that is outside of their own network, then is it, then what's, what is the token or, you know, what's different than just owning, you know, I, so, I don't know. Just, I, I can't say exactly how, how it will actually be deployed. I was tempted to shit on this one. I'm kind of curious because I do. I'm curious. Here, here's where this could have gone off the rails, like unlimited tokens, like against it. So you're like fractional ownership. You too could own one. Like, no, no, no. You get one thousandth of a Mick Jagger or a Rebel Without a Cause, and there's a wait list. Like, I'm gonna predict this thing that straight sells out. Um, so this is this reminds me of the um, of there's a platform uh, for trading assets. Fractional like, IO. Uh, no, for trading real-world assets. Um, for, rally? Actually, not trading them. Rally, yes. That's what I was thinking of. So one of the big drawbacks, I think, is that they have limited trading windows. Um, so there's really only a couple, a few days where you're open, where you can trade most of, most of the investments there. I think if this, if Report could have a marketplace that is always available there's a lot of value to to investors um to, to people that are interested in this and i think it probably brings a lot more more attention to something like that if you can see that there are, actually is a secondary market yeah i love their like performance versus the stock market over the last 20 years like average art price you're like yeah that's kind of funny uh <laughs> i i do hope you do get the the actual i i Based on the site, it seems like you do get the NFT version of that, and you're like, "Oh, that's uh, representative print." Like, this actually makes sense to me. I signed up to the waiting right. list. I'm shameless. Yeah, I mean, I think if they do it as an NFT, I mean, more of an, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they do, they could still offer this as an NFT, just that knowing that it still represents an ownership in the artwork itself. It seems like it's it should have an image that you can look at in your wallet. Yeah. So put another way. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't quite understand. Like why did they break them up into 10 shares? Like why not just make it like divide everything by 10, right? Cause you have to, you have a minimum of 10, you have to buy at $55. We'll say it is, uh, for the Maryland, Maryland Monroe 1967 by Warhol. And so, like, okay, so why not just charge me five fifty for the one thing? I I can't tell if they're. Well, you could still sell them. You could still break it up on the secondary market, right? I don't get it. Maybe on the second, you you may be right on the secondary market because there's like there's the SEC thing, which I think is like part of this, like, oh, you can't have people owning what percent of what, but or maybe they're just trying to make sure all the move. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it would almost need to be a, a... Actually, I think you're right. You know what I think this is? You know what this is, actually? I, I did, you know, I used my brain hole for a second. It's like 1,000 spots available. Like, you're minting 10,000. Like, you're minting 10,000 of each of these things, and you're finding a way to make it seem cheaper than it is. 
Right. Well, they only have to get a thousand people. I'm I am curious how the secondary market works. It seems like you must need to. Yeah, I think although ten thousand people, I think would be unclear how that part works. If well, all right, I don't know. We may Outside come back my... to this one. Look, it, it launches. <laughs> it says it's launching in May. Yeah, I think we. I, I think we may see some more headlines about this one. I will go look for them. Actually, I'm curious. All right. Well, why don't we get to our guest? Don't want to keep him waiting any longer. Well, we've uh, we've got and have built this GPT-4 model based on Vitalik and some of his statements. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and say, like, uh, what are the best questions we can ask you about NFTs? And we'll get something. So I'm going to just delay on this. So this is a... This is actually available for others to try, or is this just uh, for us? I may take it offline. I don't want to be paying for everyone to use this. I have <laughs> all right, all like right. blending my worlds. Okay. Okay, so we have some generic things. What are NFTs and how do they work? What are the key differences between NFTs and other types of tokens? Popular use cases for NFTs? I'll just say, like, how popular do you think NFTs on Ethereum will be in 10 years. I'm realizing I should have done this earlier because GPT-4 is so slow. Everyone in the world is hitting this API right now. Okay, I'm pasting it in so you can also read what's going on. Okay, so we got some, finally some, some stuff out of good old AI Vitalik here. So in the next 10 years, I was asking, like, what do you think the popularity of NFTs on Ethereum will be influenced by? He, it, comes up with some stuff like scalability improvements, interoperability, mainstream adoption, regulatory landscape, and environmental concerns. Anything kind of pop out in um, in these things? Oh, to, to, to delve into further? Why don't we get into mainstream adoption? I think, you know, we've talked a bit about what it will take. We've had some ideas of, you know, how that could play out. And <laughs> we've certainly been been wrong on many cases you know we still have some some ideas of, of what may come but let's let's see what vitalik thinks okay uh, so I'm, I'm typing into our vitalik here explain what it will take for mainstream adoption uh yeah first thing is scalability you know it's kind of interesting in in the prompt and prompt engineering in the beginning of this uh that you know vitalik has often sort of been quoted as saying he was surprised by the, the sort of use and uptick of of NFTs on the platform. He's like, I didn't really see that. He said it was surprising. Um, but he also acknowledges that they're extremely useful for diversifying, you know, other assets. So there's like a sort of tension there. Um, but yeah, Vitalik kind of comes back for mainstream adoption. Uh, scalability, the current blockchain networks face limitations, transactions, and I think this new upgrade, the I think it's like Shanghai plus Chappella, are, or Chappella, I think they merged them both together in branding, uh, coming out and in April is going to be huge for this. User experience to attract a wider audience. User interfaces and experiences must be intuitive, seamless, and user-friendly. Interoperability, security and privacy, education and awareness, 
Regulatory clarity, clear and supportive regulations are necessary to provide a stable environment for businesses. Regulatory frameworks should balance the need for innovation and customer protection. Real-world use cases, development of practical and compelling use cases that solve real-world problems, and collaboration, partnership between blockchain projects and companies and governments. All right, why well, I went with another question, and I said, what is your favorite NFT project? Let's just keep it simple. We'll get a little alpha from old Vitalik. And it says, as Vitalik, I don't have a personal favorite NFT project, but I can highlight some interesting projects that have gained attention and potentially have meaningful impact on the space. This is funny. Decentraland. Didn't see this one company uh, coming here. Uh, yeah, users can trade. Yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, ENS names. <laughs> no surprise here, maybe. ENS allows registered human-readable names for Ethereum addresses. So no surprise that AI Vitalik likes this one. Ooh, NFTs for social impact. Projects that utilize NFTs for social good. Those focus on carbon credits, biodiversity, conservation. Uh, Async art. Hmm. Platform for creating programmable dynamic art pieces. That's funny. Good job, AI Vitalik. Any other questions that you have for, for Vitalik? Yeah, you know, I just asked uh, Vitalik on my own here about how NFTs could be used for, for real estate. Um, you know, it's a topic that we've talked about. And home home base uh, has been uh, operating in this space just recently. Um, so Vitalik said that the tokenization of property um, where NFTs can represent fractional ownership is one uh, benefit. So it allow investors to purchase and hold shares, uh, allow multiple investors to purchase and hold shares more easily. Uh, simplified transactions, making it easier, reducing the paperwork. You know, I don't know how much that's actually possible, but you know, I like the idea. Proof of ownership, uh, digital certificate of ownership, very easy to see. Um, digital representation, NFTs could be used to create digital representations of physical properties, such as virtual tours or 3D models. These assets could be, then be traded, showcased, or used in virtual environments, opening up new possibilities for real estate marketing and engagement. And then integration with decentralized finance. I think this is a very big opportunity. NFTs representing real estate assets can be used as collateral in DeFi lending platforms. You know, obviously we need a lot more security uh, before you can go and trade you know, part of your home um, or, you know, stake part of your home, um, you know, in some sort of DeFi contract. However, there's a huge potential there. There's, there's a lot, there's oftentimes a lot of equity in homes and it's can, in, in homes and real estate in general, and it can be difficult to access um, to even, um, even with loans. This, whereas you can, get loans very quickly for NFTs. If you want to go on to NFT Fi right now, and you know, if you have, you know, the, if you have a squiggle, you can, you'll get offers probably with, you know, within a half hour of, of um, putting it on there. Um, you know, and I can see a, a, a huge advantage um, to making, to, to having NFTs uh, represent real world physical assets for that lender. <laughs> All right, I got another question here. If NFTs weren't called NFTs, what would you call them? So if NFTs weren't called non-fungible tokens, an alternative name for them could be unique digital assets or indivisible digital assets. Uh, great. So this terminology emphasizes their distinct characteristics, such as their uniqueness and divisibility, digital nature, set them apart from other types of tokens. That's not you think bad. fungible was a bad word? Fungible. 
Yeah, that didn't really get the people going. <laughs> then saying non-fungible when nobody knew what fungible really meant in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't. I just followed up question, just, you know, self-interested. Uh, what about calling them Onis? Calling NFTs Onis could be an interesting and creative alternative. The term Onis emphasizes the aspect of ownership associated with the assets, highlights the idea that NFTs represent verifiable ownership. Uh, this name could potentially make NFTs more approachable and easier to understand for a wider audience. Well, got to agree with him on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... It's almost like uh, this has all been said before. So I just asked Vitalik what he thought of uh, Zed Run NFTs. Just think oh, it's no. an interesting and innovative <laughs> use case for NFTs. It's a virtual horse, horse racing game where players can buy, breed, race, and trade. Each digital horse has a unique set of attributes and you know goes on to describe the platform. He's got some ideas on this. He thinks that gaming brings a new level to interactivity to, to NFTs and that Zed Run in particular, have the potential to generate real-world value. So, you know, I think this is this is great. He's still really positive. You know, I would say bullish, but maybe there's a better word for, for being optimistic on on the Zed-run ecosystem in, in NFTs. That's maybe the most positive news I've heard come out about Zed in quite some time. It's uh, a growing ecosystem, too. So There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I'm... Hey, guess what? I'm making a solid like seven dollars a week sitting on my horses. So how about that? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no big deal. All right. It's essential to, to consider the risks and challenges associated with NFT-based gaming platforms, <laughs> such as market <laughs> volatility, regulatory concerns, and the potential for a decline in interest over time. Despite these challenges, Zed Run represents an innovative and engaging application of NFT technology. Hard to argue with that. So I asked uh, Vitalik who some of his favorite NFT artists are. We came back with, uh, you know, uh, pretty predictable people. Pac, Trevor Jones, Jose Delbo. Do you know him? I'm familiar with Jose Delbo. Interesting. Okay, a little limited in that uh, selections. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's best known for his work on Wonder Woman. Um, and he's done some pieces. I know. I think it was on Maker's Place. He had he's had some uh, series early on. Um, he's an Argentinian art artist. All right, I'm not getting much more out of this Vitalik. Kind of keep running into some more generic guy. I think he just knows that he's being recorded for posterity here. So he's like playing a little close to the vest. You know, hasn't had his uh, his green tea and wine. So you know, we'll. Try to get him more more loosened up next right. time. But we felt bad about not having him on the show, so here you go. I think that was matcha and wine, I believe. That's how you have to say it. wasn't it green tea? Space. I thought it was green tea and wine. I'm, I'm just saying in the – I prefer to say bring up matcha in the space. Oh. We associate that with, with – in case you don't know, it's a, it's a great aggregator. Maybe oh. also owned by the, the company that I work for. So there's that part. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a that's a good one. Matcha – well, I don't think it would be good to drink, but – No. Oh, it sounds awful. Matcha and red wine? But no. I mean, but so does green tea and red wine, so, you know. <laughs> Haven't tried either? Probably won't. Well, no. that's what we got for you. Thanks for listening. All right. Yeah, it was great to have a guest on. Um, first AI <laughs> – our first AI guest, but 
Probably not our last. <laughs> this has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you 